the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. This is a very special episode tonight. We're doing the... Uh, the Barbara Walters uh, twosome here. It's me alone here. Chad and Shelly are are up north visiting family. Uh, Luna's working on some projects. And so I am the sole survivor here. I'm having a sit-down interview with someone very, very special. Uh, you may know him if you ever watch uh, B-Movie TV on the Roku uh, streaming stick. Uh, he is the man who brought the action-smacked ladder match to Punk Pro Wrestling, a host, a former musician, and... The Grand Poobah of Party Dad shirts at Epcot. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the IndieCast, Joey V. Joey, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Zach. I completely appreciate this. Uh, uh, this is going to be a thrill ride, man. I'm looking real forward to this. Good, good. That's what we like to hear. So, as with all of our guests, uh, we do like to get through some of the... Uh, boring questions up front although i'll be i'll be perfectly honest with you when i was writing down these lightning round questions i kind of drifted away a little bit from like the stereotypical like how did you get your start so we'll have follow-up lowball questions shortly but i just want to do some rapid fire uh questions with you here uh and let's start with something real obvious and uh and i said i would say somewhat insulting since you are a resident of the great state of philadelphia uh, what is the best spot for a cheesesteak, in your opinion? Well, all right, so first off, it's the great state of Pennsylvania, young man. <laughs> I, Philly is its own uh, lifestyle, I believe. Like Pencil, The rest of Pennsylvania is Amish country. Uh, Philly is really where it's at here. Uh, yeah, pretty much. No one really cares about Pittsburgh, even though uh, the people in <laughs> Pittsburgh now are going to kill me for that, that but whatever. Um, truthfully, I would have to say, if you're in Philadelphia... And you're going for a cheesesteak. Uh, you're either going to hit up Delisandro's or you're going to hit up Mama's. Uh, Delisandro's mm-hmm. is in Roxborough and Mama's is in Chestnut Hill. And those would be the two places I would say would probably the best, probably the best cheesesteaks that you can get. Uh, stay away from Pat's and Gino's or Tourist Traps. Uh, Jim's Steaks on South Street, while very popular, that place smells like body odor because the guys are just <laughs> in there just in front of those in front of those grills just sweating for nine ten hours straight so i'm gonna go with uh delisandros or uh, or mamas interesting okay all right i like the fact that you pointed out what the uh the more pop culturally famous ones are just tourist traps i like that um second question here since you and I are a little bit in the same age range, and, and actually, which makes us considerably older than most of our guests that we have on the show. Um, obviously, Attitude Era was a big era for wrestling, so were you more of a Raw guy or a Nitro guy? Uh, honestly, I gotta say I was more of an ECW guy. I mean... Uh, well, I mean, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, first off, I loved them all. Um, I was I was more of a Raw guy. Um uh, only because, uh, you know, I, there was a better chance that if the ECW guys came on to Raw, they would get a fairer shake than they could in, in uh, WCW. So, 
I was pretty much I was pulling for for Vince to to uh, you know beat the, beat the hell out of uh, Ted Turner. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so let's move to music real quick. Uh, in regards to who do we as a society have more to thank for the genre of punk music, the Sex Pistols or the Ramones? Ooh, uh, well, that's that's a good one. Um, you know, I'm going to say neither and go with Iggy. I, I oh, think, okay. I think Iggy really, because, see, here's the thing. Iggy's not, like, his music isn't overtly like punk rock. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that he was that lightning rod that got everything started. And because of the way he sounded and the things he was doing, that was sort of the catalyst. And from there on in, I, I mean, and this is my own personal opinion, and uh, I'm sorry if it, it bothers anyone. I was always more of a Ramones guy. I, I kind of look at the, uh, at the Sex Pistols as, as sort of like a punk rock boy band. And, oh, wow. uh, and yeah, you know, just they had the look and the manager that, you know, made them dress up in these clothes and they had the names and everything like that. The Ramones were just kind of these guys that just showed up out of nowhere. And that that's a little more. I don't know. I think that's a little more punk rock to me. Interesting. OK, uh, huge shift here in tone. What is the last movie to make you cry? Ooh, um. Damn, I, I don't know. I mean, like, in a good way? I mean, because I watch a lot of a lot of things on B-movie TV that would make that would make people cry, but in a, a very certain certain way. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is somewhat of a leading question because you and I both watch films that make us cry, but not, like, in the way we're supposed to, more like in the Ludovico treatment style, like, yeah, just yeah. silent tears. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I I wouldn't know. I mean, like, you know, there's obviously moments in films where you're, you know, your uh, your emotions are, are in there. I just, I just can't remember. I think, and you know, I think Zach, this is a problem because I don't watch any new movies. Like, right. I haven't seen the Avengers Endgame. I haven't seen Black Panther. I haven't seen, uh, you know, the Infinity War or any of those movies, or anything like that. Not because I don't want to. I'd love to watch them, but I watch so many bad movies, man. That it's gotten to the point where, like, I just don't want to watch films anymore. I watch, like, YouTube shows and stuff like that just because my brain can't put up with a full movie, uh, you know. It's so funny that you mention that. I find myself in the exact same situation. Like, I'm... I will know about films sort of like laterally, kind of like pop culturally. I'll know like, oh, like, um, what's that new movie? Uh, Brightburn, which is like the horror movie Superman film. Yeah. Like, I know of that movie, but I haven't seen it, and I doubt I will see it in a theater because I've got too much on my plate in terms of just bad, bad movies to watch. Yes. So, yeah, at the end of the day, when it's like, oh, I'm going to unwind, instead of going and watching a film, the closest I'll get to is, like, maybe an episode of Mystery Science Theater. Like, and even then, that's still a bad movie, but, like, that's the closest I get to, like, I'm going to sit down and watch a full movie. Everything else is just, like, YouTube videos or channels or, God help me, TikTok or something like that, <laughs> where I'm just getting, like, small snippets of entertainment, not a full commitment, because 
I, it's almost like shell shock for guys like us, Joey. Like, I don't trust movies anymore. I'm like, no, this is going to be bad, though. This is good so far, but something's going to happen, and then the budget's going to run out, and this is going to be a shit show, and it's killer pinata all over again or something like that. Right, and at that point, I'm just like, you know what, I'm not... I, I just, as I said, I just, I can't bring myself to watch a real movie. I just can't do it. And, and it's so hard. I mean, like, I think on the plane ride over to Vegas, I, I think I watched like a half of a movie. I think I watched half of Blazing Saddles. And at that point I was like, all right, I'm done here. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do anymore. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's and that's even like a classic to turn off and go. I can't. I can't commit to this. Right. All right. Final final lightning round question. As I completely lost the plot on what this was actually supposed to be. Uh, what is, in your opinion, the best Drew Getz song? Oh, um, God. Uh, good question. Um, I'm gonna say uh, "Bitter Old Man." Uh, Excellent. Really good like choice. that song. Um, I think it's got a, a really great uh, meaning behind it. I won't say why, but uh, I'm going to say Bitter Old Man. Excellent choices. Excellent choices. All right. So let's, now that we've kind of delved into the icebreakers here, let's back things up a little bit because I, I essentially want this interview to explore two different two different variations of your life. Uh, you, in terms of your interest and in growth in wrestling, uh, in terms of like what you've always liked or what moments stood out to you and obviously your inclusion in uh, in Punk Pro and things like that. But I also want to talk to you about uh, being an entertainer. Uh, so let's start there. So take us back. When did you first start entertaining on like a, a stage uh, of any kind? Well, take us back to that initial starting point, that initial catalyst. Huh. All right. Um, so I was probably... I was probably around um, uh, just after I was 16 years old. Um, so what happened was when when I was uh, when I was 16 years old uh, in 1995, in December of 95, uh, my mom passed away from cancer. So uh, you know, I was a young kid who had no clue, you know, what to do with the rest of his life at this point, and you know, this this major tragedy had happened to me. And, um, so what I decided to do is I decided to play the guitar because at least then I thought, oh, maybe I can join a band and, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll be like some kind of, uh, you know, like a rhythm guitarist or something mm -hmm. like that. And then at least I won't be so awkward and I can pick up girls. I mean, that's truly the dream. So yeah, good call there. And, um, the thing was, is, is that I stunk playing the guitar. I mean, I, I, I gotta tell you. <laughs> oh, I, I, what the tragic twist. I, I was, I was, I mean, I, I was just a, a, a bozo, <laughs> Zach. I mean, there's no <laughs> other way to say it. But uh, the thing is, is that I also had a really, really strong, loud voice, which I give to my mother because we were Italian, at least my, my mother's side was, and I was, you know, we, an Italian woman will yell and scream and, and, and my mom sure as hell could do it. And I could do it too. So, uh, I was like, all right, well, you know what, then I sort of got picked to be a lead singer. Okay. Excellent. And, uh, I thought, okay, you know what, I'll ride this out for maybe a year. And, 
at least then I'll know how to talk to girls. It'll give me confidence, even though I was not prepared for what I was about to do. And uh, 13 years later, I finally gave it up. Okay. That's a hell of a run. Well, it was a bad run. I mean, I want to make it very clear. Uh, uh, you know, my talent level uh, was was not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not good. <laughs> but uh, um, I, um, you know, I hung in there. I, I, I knew people, and you know, I kept my nose clean and tried to, uh, you know, do the right thing. And and that's why I kind of extended myself out. Now, the p- people that I played with. They were all talented musicians, but me, uh, not so much. <laughs> well, every band needs an idea guy, so, I mean, there, I think there's still a place for you in entertainment, and obviously you ended up uh, finding a new uh, sort of canvas in order to, um, you know, be a performer. But before we get to that, before we make that uh, leap, the other side of things I want to talk about is wrestling and you've been a fan of wrestling for, you know, as long as I've known you and, and, and we've had many discussions about wrestling. So walk me through a little bit of how you kept up with wrestling, because from what I understand, we're sort of along the same lines as many, many wrestling fans is that there's sort of ebbs and flows when it comes to being a wrestling fan. Very rare. Do you see someone who's like, no, I've been consistently a hundred percent dedicated to watching and enjoying wrestling since the day I was born. Usually it's like, there's sort of hot and cold streaks. We're like, oh, I was really into it, then I kind of fell out of it a little bit. So was that sort of your situation, or are you coming to this a little bit different in terms of a love affair with pro wrestling? Um, well, it's it's weird for me. I, I mean, I think it was a little more like I was always into it, but not for that reason. Um, like, what happened was, like, my dad was a, uh, he was a mailman. Uh, he was uh, a postal car- uh, uh, carrier here in, uh, in in the Philadelphia area, and uh, because the state of, of Philadelphia, because I'm a moron and don't know how states work. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm I sorry. can't. No, I can't let that go. I'm think. I'm sitting here. I'm like, can I edit around that somehow? Can I fix that in some way? That I'm an, I'm a tool who doesn't know how states work. Anyway, please continue. So here's here's what happened. All right, when I was when I was a little kid. So, like, you know, the other union workers in, in Philadelphia would get, like, you know, cool, like, sports tickets to, like, the Phillies and the right. Eagles and the Flyers. But the post office workers, they would get, like, uh, you know, the Barnum and Bailey Circus and they would get wrestling, which my dad loved to do with his guys because, you know, first off, they got the tickets for free. But at that time, they could smoke and drink inside the, you know, in the spectrum, uh, you know, the Philadelphia spectrum, which is now torn down. That's where they would go. And, uh, you know, when it was the 80s, early 80s, uh, my dad would drag me to these things because then he would be, he would tell my mom, well, I'm spending a night with the, with the boy. I'm, I'm taking him out for a, a night, you know, him and him and his pops. It was basically like him and his drunken mailman buddies, like sitting around smoking cigars while I was in this, you know, seat and watching wrestling. So I've been watching, I've been watching wrestling since, Probably about 85. I would say after, um, I mean, I, I I really didn't get into it until right around uh, WrestleMania 2. But I mm-hmm. definitely saw WrestleMania 1 on uh, 
Uh, I believe it was a – back in the day there was a, a dish descrambler service. So I saw WrestleMania 1, and uh, I've probably been watching since about 1985, I'll say. Right after Hogan won uh, – after he uh, defeated the, the Iron Sheik. Excellent. So let me – since you really kind of got to see a couple of really high mark periods, and then especially if you were staying with wrestling, you saw some low part, low, low periods as well. Um, what would you say was like a top, let's say, let's say a top five wrestlers in your in, that were just always favorites for you? Oh boy, um, I mean we're we're always going. Well, I mean we're going all the way back. Even you know when I was a kid. You know, I, I gotta say, I loved I loved Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, I, I I could I could even see it when I was a little kid that this guy was just was something else. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was incredible to me. Um, uh, real really loved the Hart Foundation as a tag team. Um, going on to, in, into later years, um, I, I'm I mean you know going into like ECW. Mm-hmm. I mean, seeing, uh, you know, I, I saw I saw Eddie Guerrero wrestle in ECW, and that to me was, you know, something special. Um, probably on the same level, Dean Malenko, uh, Chris Jericho, those guys. Uh, of you know, obviously the man who cannot be named, right? You know him as well. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, of course, and as a kid, I would be, uh, you know, remiss not to say that uh, uh, that Hulk Hogan was was a big deal. I had the Hulk Hogan workout set and, you know, I mean. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So. In regards to uh, so let me ask you this, since you've been involved in, you know, been a fan of wrestling for so long. You know, one thing that a lot of fans now even still deal with is the idea of, like, people who aren't interested in wrestling coming down hard on it as a performance art and basically saying, like, oh, you know, it's fake and all that kind of horse shit. So I, I assume that was probably something that you had to deal with a lot of your life, seeing as you were a fan in the huge boom in the late 80s through the kind of doldrums of the early 90s then back into the Attitude Era, there were definitely some times where, you know, people were a little less than friendly towards wrestling as, a, as an entertaining art form. Um, was there, what, what would you say for younger fans who maybe aren't used to dealing with that kind of uh, put-down, what would you say, what would be your advice to them in terms of, like, them dealing with people raining on their parade when it comes to liking pro wrestling? You know, I would say don't listen to them. Um, you know, the thing is, is that wrestling is something that's been going on, uh, especially professional wrestling has been going on since, you know, the 17, 1800s, even as far back as that. Um, you know, when I got to, you know, go to one of the, the punk pro shows, uh, I got yes. to see, I got to see Izzy in, you know, uh, when she, when she took on, uh, Effie. Oh, that's uh, right. That's channel. right. And she said, you know, wrestling is for everybody. And, you know, that little kid has got a lot of really, she's a really intelligent young lady. And, you know, I wouldn't, I would say that if, if people just want to down something that you enjoy, 
you know, maybe they're, they're just not as educated on it as you. And this is something that everyone should enjoy because you enjoy it as well. Like, don't let somebody make fun of something that you like because they just don't understand it. They, they, they're never going to get it. And I'm probably rambling right now because... No, this is like a... I feel like I need to edit like some kind of like triumphant music under it. This is like a hell of a soapbox. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it's just, you know, they just don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. People like things. People like Game of Thrones. I don't... I, I gotta... <laughs> I'm gonna get killed here from the fans. I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. Can't get into don't, it. But you know Joey, what? don't tell a anybody. Lot of my friends really wanted to see how this ended. And uh, I... Said so good luck on that, and th- there you go. And if people can't understand that, eh, screw them. That's fair. And I also have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, so we're <laughs> equally burning bridges here. On All right. <laughs> so uh, before we jump over to um, the, I guess, reinvention of, of Joey V in terms of being a host, um, you did mention showing up to Punk Pro. You've you've helped support that company and and have been an awesome part. And they've even done commentary uh, live at a Punk Pro show with me. Um, just kind of, I guess, for anybody who hasn't experienced or watched a Punk Pro or haven't haven't watched an episode of Fully Gimmick Fight Club where I'm shamelessly self promoting, um, what would be your pitch to wrestling fans who maybe aren't as familiar with indie wrestling? What would be your pitch to get them to come to Punk Pro? Oh, you're, you're going to see some great wrestlers and uh, uh, you're going to see some talent that, uh, uh, you know, the, the independents, you know, the independents are really where where wrestling lies now. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, from from what I have seen and and, you know, from the you know, I've been to two shows now for Punk Pro and, uh, you know, first off, Effie is just something special. That guy is just, I mean, he is, uh, he's just, he's a great heel and he, you know, he he knows how to work a microphone. He knows how to bump. And that, that to me, that, that makes a a great worker. Um, The winning combination. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Winning combination. Um, You're, you're going to see good matches and good wrestlers putting Everything they have out there on the line to entertain you as a fan. And I think that's a, a pretty big deal. Excellent. Excellent. So enough uh, uh, glowing reviews on, on wrestling and, and what we've helped put together and such. Let's jump back over to you as a host. So, you know, you, you start off in this band. You are literally punk rock in a garage in Philly. Uh, you run for 13 years. And then, is there any other brushes with entertainment before the relaunch of Joey V in terms of Action Smacked? And then later, a spinoff series? Um, uh, no, not at all. What, I'll just, I will allow, I'll tell you guys how it ended with, with uh, me and my band Living in Denial. Um, so, my guitarist, uh, one night on uh, his birthday, we play a show, we meet a promoter that was kind of, being a little bit of a, I, I guess the, the phrase I want to use here is dickwad. Um, excellent, excellent, yes, good. <laughs> and uh, older guy, uh, we were still playing, and this guy did not want, uh, apparently his, 
his son was in a band that played before us and the drummer that we were formerly using was playing with his son's new band. And uh, we had like one or two songs left. And uh, I asked the drummer if he would come up and play them. And he said, sure. Yeah. Not, you know, not a problem. You know, we're all here together. Yeah. Just okay, so I can finish reunion show because the drummer we were using never played these songs before because we had just written them. And uh, this guy who was running the show and was also the manager of his son's band uh, was cursing at us and saying that we couldn't use a drummer. And uh, my guitarist uh, uh, dropped the guitar and let's just say he settled it real quick. <laughs> All right. And uh, uh, his, his son's band ran out to uh, protect this, this guy. And uh, uh, then my guitarist then, you know, put the, put the screws on them as well. And that was pretty much it. We were, <laughs> that was, that was the end of, of living in denial as I know. <laughs> huh? I was going to say, at least you went out in a blaze of glory uh, and potentially with a, a warrant out for your arrest. So yeah. Well, really... no, I didn't. And thank, thank God my guitarist didn't either. But uh, yeah, after that it was, it, we knew it was going to be pretty hard to get a show. And, and by that point, you know, 13 years, you do something, you know, it gets tiring after all. Um, so what happened was that was in uh, uh, 2008. So by this point, I was already, you know, I was retired. I, I was, I was, you know, I got married. I met my wife and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, I have a daughter from a, a previous marriage and uh, she was living with me. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's kind of like, I just, uh, I was, I was fine where I was mm -hmm. and, uh, I never thought of doing anything ever again for, uh, you know, any kind of creative purposes or, or entertainment or anything like that. And, uh, the way that, do you want me to tell you the way this whole thing started with B movie? Absolutely. TV? I mean, like, absolutely. I don't want to like, go on a rant and like take up too much time for you're literally the, the subject of the interview. You're supposed to be taking up time. Well, I thank you, but I'm trying to be respectful of, of your time. Well, as I appreciate well. that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right. So the way this all worked out was I have a TV in my office that does not have an HDMI. It's a, it's a 1080, uh, I TV and okay. it did not have an HDMI, um, core, you know, uh, quarter, whatever it is. Uh, you know, that I could, I could plug anything in, uh, you know, and I would want to watch, you know, like maybe Netflix up there while I was in my office. Um, while this was going on, uh, I ended up finding out that Roku had these Roku ones that you could plug into, you know, you know, just, you know, the old video, you know, red, red, yellow and. Oh, and amazing. Okay. Yeah. So, so you could make it work for your TV in your office. Right. So as soon as I got one, I went on onto uh, Facebook and I asked a bunch of my friends, if anyone has a, a Roku, tell me what channels to, to look into. And one of my friends is a guy by the name of Brian Heffern. And he was a wrestler in ECW by the name of the Blue Meanie. And uh, he said, well, if you want to see a channel, you should check out this B-movie TV. It's all of the movies we used to watch when we were little kids. I didn't grow up with Brian, but... Uh, you know, we, we used to watch the little kids like getting from the, like the video store. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great because 
I already had a bunch of those uh, Mill Creek Entertainment like box sets. So, amazing. Yeah, I, I have probably about 850 movies of, of theirs. Jesus. Yeah, I have like pretty much every box set they ever ever released. Um, so therefore, so that means so the big reveal there is that means every time I do an episode of Final Thirty, you're probably like, yeah, I own that because they're all from the Mill Creek like hundred movie blah 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 collection. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Except for the ones that you sent, uh, you know, me, me up with or whatever. I I don't know any of those, and that's why I'm always like, oh, please don't pick one that I already watched. Please don't pick one that I already watched. <laughs> but um, anyway, okay, so you get you get B movie TV, and you're already well versed in bad film, right? So now. I'm like I'm I'm watching this 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 uh, this channel, and I'm like even like the movies I don't have, like I'm picking up on people that were in like oh this guy was in that and that guy was in this, and I'm like doing like six degrees of separation on these bad B movies. <laughs> so uh, three years ago, probably yeah, like right around early late July, early August. Uh, our our boss uh, Ken Ace Brewer mm-hmm. uh, uh, put up a uh, uh, a Facebook post. They was looking for host for a sci-fi show and for an action action movie show. And uh, I unwittingly decided to chime in and say, "Oh, an action movie movie show! I can't wait to see that." And because uh, here's the thing. I've never been big into sci-fi. Like, I mean, I, I've watched, you know, obviously the Star Wars movies and whatever. It's just never been something that I've been like, I've gravitated to. But actually, movies that you're are super great passionate about. I, I don't need to like follow them. It's just gosh, guys getting shot. There's bombs going off everywhere. Cool explosions. Uh, you know, that's all I need. Right. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, you know, I can't wait to see who you have for the action movie host. And this is before I knew I knew Ken or anything like that. B-Movie TV then sends me a message. Why don't you try out to be a host? And I, I've never done, I mean, even the stuff with when I was in my band, I, I never did any kind of film or video or anything like that. So I, I just said, no, you know, that's thank you very much for the offer, but I, I'm going to have to decline and say no. And he was like, are you sure? Because you never know if you try. So basically, I think I've told this story before. The best way I put it is this was the beginning of a series of escalating dares between <laughs> between every, every good Every good work of art should really start that way with increasing series of dares. Yes. And it was it was me and it was uh, and my wife was sort of egging me on a little bit. You know, Dr. V, uh, you know, who you see on the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was egging me on a little bit and I kind of needed something in my life at that point because I was sort of stuck in a rut and I was, you know, I just, I needed an outlet and she mm-hmm. knew it as well. So we sat down, we, we came up with the idea, uh, because I, I want to make it real clear. Um, while action smacked is, you know, my baby and, and the show and everything like that, I, I would it would be wrong for me not to mention how much hard work my wife has put into this. Uh, mm-hmm. She is my writer. She came up with the name. She came up with uh, a lot of, of the ideas that go on with the show. And uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, she's, she's my ride or die. Uh, if it wasn't for her, this, this would not have existed as well. 
And uh, we put together a pilot. And uh, I just thought it was shitty and it wasn't going to work. And because uh, that's the way I look at everything. Oh, man, this is going to be awful. And uh, I, I always kind of I'm always worried that I'm going to fail. Um, mm. And uh, Ken was like, it's exactly what I want. And, you know, I, at first I thought, OK, well, you know what? Uh, you know, we can fix this up. We can do this up a little bit because I went to college for photography and uh, didn't graduate. But uh uh, I still had all my old lighting and, um, uh, you know, like some, you know, some good equipment. And I said, all right, well, you know what? I'll set this up. We'll see where it goes. And in 10, 10 episodes, you know, I'll, I'll make, uh, I'll make a decision if I want to keep going on here. Well, by 10, by episode number 10, things were already starting to, you know, like, I mean, I was hitting, uh, you know, grand slams out of the park. Right, so, you were really starting to get a taste for it and kind of develop a style and, and yeah, the system. And, and then I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this. And Katie was like, all right, this this is it. We're 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 on, and that's that's where we're at now. I mean, I am, uh, you know, in August I'll be settling down to uh, uh, that'll be year three. I'll be beginning year three of of Action Smack. Or no, wait, finishing year three. Yeah. Finishing year so we're, three. We're moving into year four now. So let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, let's let's get a little inside baseball here. So what are some things, what's something that you're particularly proud of that you've sort of, because it sounds like essentially that you, and, you and, and the wife have basically just sort of learned all this on your own. You've become these dueling Stanley Kubricks just sort of figuring things out along the way. Oh, yeah. So, we, had no, we had no freaking idea about any of these uh uh, any of these programs. I had programs on my computer that would do video. Never used them before. Katie figured out how to use them, not me, because I I would just, I am like as computer illiterate as you could possibly imagine. Hey, hey you're the talent, baby. You're not in it for the details. You just, <laughs> you just tell you where to shoot and you're good. You're golden. So, what, so walk us through. What's something that you've been particularly proud of in the three years that you've been doing the show? Well, uh, I, I, you know, let, let's, let's, choose the obvious and say, I, I thank God for road to revenge. That was, that was the, you know, that, that was the linchpin of the beginning of, of really something special. And, uh, I mean, I've done other, uh, other podcasts about it, the cinema obscure podcast, mm-hmm. and it's really turned into something really special. And, and so I would say probably road to revenge, um, uh, for me personally, the the greatest thing I think I've I've done on this channel, the thing that I'm proud of the most, is starting the Joey V presents and doing something a little outside of the box every once in a while for people on on Saturday nights outside of of the action movie thing, and mm-hmm. um, I would say the the um, uh, the the failed TV pilots would probably be. I mean, they're my baby. <laughs> I came up with that idea myself, and uh, I mean they they've been a huge hit for me and and for the channel as well. Excellent. Now let me let, and I want you to really kind of really self reflect here. What is something? What is a goal or something that you're looking to try to figure out in year four? Like be it something technical, be it something tangible. What is a goal for your programming your your artistic outlet what is a goal that you've got for year four 
What's something you haven't done yet? Well, you know, we've had guests, you know, like show up on the show. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like another one of our really great episodes we did for Halloween was for a movie called The Severed Arm. And we had uh, Mr. Lobo as yes. our uh, as our host or as our, our, our co-host with me, um, you know, like a guest. Um, I would like to have more guest stars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been I've been really active on Twitter and, uh, you know, like trying to get other people to join in on this madness now with me would be. And, well, I was going to say, if pro wrestling's any indicator, Twitter is definitely the way to go. We've gotten countless guests on IndieCast and other things just by reaching out on Twitter. So you're definitely going on the right track there. You know, Zach, I got to tell you, um, the thing for me, like something that I've wanted to do, you know, I, as I said, I watch these YouTube shows because I have nothing, nothing better to do. Right. Um, I would say it's probably like my, my dream. I've been watching a lot of Cinemassacre. Oh, okay. And uh, I know they do these Cinemassacre reviews. Uh, you know, like they do them in this, uh, like this Cinemassacre video thing. Yeah, I the would video love store, to... James Rolfe and like his like group of friends. Yeah, I've reached out to Kieran and I've, I've, I've sort of been talking to Kieran and I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's probably never going to happen, but my dream would be like to be like, just even if I had like, uh, you know, a, just a walk on spot as just like one of the people in there. He was kind of like, like James Rolfe was the first guy I watched on. Uh, right, of course. That on, was, uh, on, uh, on YouTube. I, I think it's safe. I think it's I safe think to it say that James Rolfe. I think it would be a really Rolf... good roundabout kind of like, you know, what a way to sort of, you know, wrap this up with a little bow. Right. Well, I was just going to say, James Rolfe, I think, was the, the inspiration for a lot of um, video reviewers and things like that. Um, a lot of hosts online. Um, would you say that. that Rolf is someone that you sort of find inspiration because obviously there's a big difference between like leading a band and hosting a show when it's just like you alone in a room with a camera. So is there anybody, I, I feel like there's two different schools of thought when it comes to hosting a show. You're either a, you're being a character or, you know, per, or some kind of persona or B you're basically just being yourself and hopefully you've got, charisma enough to that that can go somewhere which which field do you find yourself more in are you kind of like putting on a character or is it more just it's just you and hopefully you're likable and, and the rest is just magic well if like for me personally like the joey v persona and everything that you see on it is me right. um that that isn't an act that's the way i ha- i am that's the way I've, I, I always have been um uh, I, I don't, I don't think I would be good as a character or portraying somebody else because I don't know how to portray anybody else except for myself, maybe right. not myself personally, but as Joey V. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's my gimmick. I've used it for so long now at this point that I think that's, that's where I am. I, I give a lot of credit to someone like uh, Brad Jones, who can be the cinema snob, or right. uh, Allison Pregler, who can be, uh, you know, obscure Lupa, even though, I mean, now, you know, obviously, she is just, you know, doing the movie nights thing. 
Um, but I don't think I could be that because I've been Joey V for so long that I just can't, I can't get it out of my mind. It would be like Alice Cooper waking up one day and saying, well, now I'm changing my whole thing. I'm Steve Arnold. You know what I mean? There's something like that. That's my new persona. It just wouldn't work. Right. True. Very true. So I, I also want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the true success gauge of any uh, show, be it online or, or on a you know channel on Roku or film series or what have you, is the spinoff. And uh, Action Smacked and, and Joey V Presents has sort of had its own spinoff. Well, it, let's start there. Action Smacked had a spinoff, which is Joey V Presents. And then that sort of has a spinoff with, uh, with Dr. V. But before we get to Dr. V, um, I have been tasked to ask you to uh, explain to us the backstory of uh, the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So, um, all right. So, uh, a true, true Joey V. Philadelphia story. Okay. So, I didn't technically grow up in Philadelphia per se. My mom and dad had a home in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is uh, six miles away from from Philadelphia. Whatever. Still, my family is from Philadelphia, and whatever. And if uh, my geography skills are any indication. That whole side of the country is just Philadelphia now. Or, yeah, uh, yes, it's just Philadelphia. pretty much. I mean, I, all the uh, Philadelphia Flyers live in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and Voorhees around that that section. So, I mean, it's it's still it's like Philadelphia light. Right. <laughs> so, um, all right. So the aircraft carrier story is uh, when I was a little kid. Uh, you know, my 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 dad. Uh, you know, like for Christmas, they would get me like one big Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And I got the USS flag, which is the dream of any child at that age, which Very was true. the, which was the GI Joe aircraft carrier. Uh, for people who, who don't know what it is, uh, you could go look it up on, on Google. It was insane. It was like six feet long. It was basically a huge GI Joe toy chest. So what you could do is you could use it to like you could play on it like it was a playset, but you could keep all the figures and the toys and and the planes and the tanks all on the aircraft carrier. So you know mom and dad doesn't you know walk on your toys and mm-hmm. you know you get yelled at. Um, oh, very true. So what happened was, I after about I'd say a year having this. Me and a bunch of my friends decided to bring this thing outside and uh, play with it out, out back of the house. And mind you, you know, we're like eight years old. And one of the older brothers came over and uh, maybe he was probably about 10 or whatnot. And uh, he had Chinese firecrackers. So what we what we did was we decided we were going to uh, uh, Cobra was going to, uh, you know, attack the. Uh, uh, you know, the USS flag with, uh, you know, with, with these Chinese firecrackers. And, you know, they, they made some sounds. Right. And uh, I didn't know that the wax would start melting with the plastic and the flames. And then all of a sudden, that's when the whole thing just sort of caught on fire. Now, mind you, it's in oh, my backyard. Jesus. It's in the middle of my backyard. So there's no trees or anything. But here's the USS flag. And it is, this thing's melting. And uh, my mom was in the uh, the kitchen, 
And first off, as soon as my friends see it, they they oh shit, oh shit, what are we gonna do? And you know, obviously, we don't, you know, we, you know, we don't know what to do. We're little kids. But my mom was in the kitchen, and she could smell the burning. As I said, my mom was a tough, strong. She was like five feet tall. She was a little Italian woman, and she was she was tough as nails, man. She smelled this, and she looked outside. She stuck her head out the window and she she yelled to me, Joseph Michael Latsko, you little SOB, you get in this house right effing now. And my friends ran like hell, Zach. They ran in every different direction. And you know what I did? I ran too. I ran down the street, Zach. Where I was going, I, I don't know. But I was running, man. <laughs> I imagine when you got home, she beat you with the oh, USS flag. That's that's where it gets interesting. Oh. All right. I'm running down the street. And as I'm running, I see the Chrysler Cordoba. My mom used to drive my grandmother's Chrysler Cordoba when she was in a pinch. And she was driving the Chrysler Cordova and I'm running next to it. And my mom is like driving at the same pace as me and just looking at me, staring at me. And she gets to a cross street and she pulls in front of me. She got out of that car, Zach. And in the middle of the street in Sherry Hill, New Jersey, my mom beat the ever loving shit out of me. I, and, and listen, and I'm not one of those guys that say, oh, my mom hit me. And, oh, it was, you know, it's a bad, bad thing. No, I deserved it. And damn it, I got it, pal. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so I was grounded for like a month. And yeah, I got I got beat. I got beat pretty hard for that. I, I've been, my mom beat me up a lot in my life. And I, I deserved every time it came for me. And uh <laughs> It made me a better person today. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have like a PTSD every time you look at the USS flag? No, 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 I, do. <laughs> I don't. But it makes me think of that day and it makes me laugh. So there you go. <laughs> All right. There you go. Fair enough. All right. So let's let's quickly talk about the, the invention of Dr. V, that spinoff. And uh, and then I've got some very, uh, some very famous questions I have to ask you. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the, the the introduction, the creation, uh, and the I guess popularity of Doctor V in regards to Action Smacked and the uh, the other programs you're a part of. Well, the Doctor V thing was a a um, that was an idea from Katie because she always wanted to do like like first off, Katie is a phenomenal cook. I mean, she can make things like you know I I, I worked in restaurants. I, I was a restaurant manager at one point in time. And uh, short order cook myself. And I, I kind of like to think of myself as a good cook. And uh, I, I'm nothing compared to Katie. Uh, she really, this is her, this is what, you know, relaxes her. This is what puts her in a happy place. And when she cooks, she is amazing, phenomenal cook. So she started thinking of an idea for her own show. And at first she didn't want to do it. Because she was like, no, 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 you know, B-movie TV is your thing. And I told her, like, no, it's it's yours, too. And uh, uh, she wanted to do the, the you know, think about doing a, a, a 
food show, which was based off of movies and trying to make things that would be based off of these horror movies and the B-movies that we watch on B-movie TV. And, um, you know, at this point, I really think that it's a success. Um, she's, she's done great. The Dr. V thing is, is, you know, that's sort of a real life character for her because, you know, she, she does have her PhD in, uh, microbiology and the treatment of, uh, I want to say like pancreatic cancer, but I think there's other cancers involved with it. Um, so, uh, cause she went to, uh, she graduated, she got her bachelor's from Penn state and she got her, uh, PhD from the university of Penn. So the Dr. V thing is a real thing. She is a real, you know, doctor. I mean, if, <laughs> you know, if you break your arm, she's just going to call, you know, call 911. But if you got cancer, she might be able to tell you what to do in that situation. She's more of a scientific doctor. So when she does this like scientific food stuff, it really is her once again. And that is her personality. And the way she acts on camera is kind of the same way she acts at home in real life. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I was going to say the fact that I find it very touching and, and, and very special that you both have found a creative outlet uh, in this uh, you know, kind of performing for B-movie TV. Um, you know, there's not a lot of couples out there that would really do that. So that's, that's pretty fantastic that you've both been able to sort of come together and work on something, you know, as a team. Um, you know, the closest thing Luna and I get to is uh, having to make shirts together and building Lego sets together from time to time. Um, so that's, that's very special that you guys get to share that. Uh, now, Joey, unfortunately, as touching and as sweet as this has been, uh, I got to hit you with some hard-hitting questions here. Bring um, it. Number one, and I, I'm, I'm thinking there may be some bias here, but I got to ask you the Trevin Adams Memorial question. Uh, you're driving home late at night for some reason, and your tummy is grumbling, and you got to stop over and get yourself something to eat. Uh, do you, would you prefer to go with a Sheets or a Wawa? Oh, it's Wawa all the way. That's what I do. Wawa all the way. This is this is Wawa country. We we defend Wawa. Uh, yeah, Wawa all the way. That, that's what I like to hear. Uh, number two, uh, we can do this as, as in uh, in two different ways here. You get two questions out of this one. Um, you know, unfortunately, in the in the world of professional wrestling, we end up losing a lot of talent uh, kind of before their time. So uh, let's start with wrestling. If there was any performer, manager, owner, anybody that you would would have who's no longer alive that you would have loved to have sat down and talked to or seen live or hell had them make a cameo appearance on Action Smacked, uh, what wrestler would that be and why? Oh wow. Oh man, that's that's a good one. Um you know, I I really like the 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 rebels of wrestling. Right. Um uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, if if I wanted somebody to really be one, like, if someone's going to come on Action Smack, I want them to really torture me. I want them to be able to, like, like make fun of me and talk. Like, like I, I really, like, thrive off of that. Someone really, you know, grinding my gears. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think someone someone who could do that was probably Gino, Gino Hernandez. Very um, nice. 
just because, you know, with the rich guy attitude and like you and your stupid B movies and, uh, you know, low class, low brow stuff. And uh, like, I would like to see something like that. Um, if I could really pick the brain of somebody who, um, probably Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, you know, I know he, you know, he lived a good life, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame. I never, you know, you know, that, you know, his voice was taken from him when he was, when it, when it mm-hmm. did or whatever. And, uh, you know, I want to like learn from like the older guys, right. you know? Um, so I would say that. I just saw a compilation somebody put together of like all the times Bobby Heenan just, uh, shit talked. Uh, Big Boss Man's mom for no reason. Like oh yeah, every, yeah, know, like, I saw that angle. Yeah, that was. Great. I was like, why? <laughs> Who came up with that? I'm like, yeah, no, just completely just bury her as often as you can. But um, yeah, oh, he was he was incredible. He was incredible, and that's what I would want someone like that. Now, mind you, now and and I know this is getting off the you know the question a little bit. I gotta say, nowadays, if I could find somebody who is alive now. Mm-hmm. That I'd like to like to have on my show that could cut me down. This Maxwell Jacob Friedman is oh, yeah. just is just something phenomenal, and I would I would love to just I would love to see him just like punk me out on <laughs> on Action Smack. That would be that would be golden television. Jo- Joey V clearly a glutton for punishment. I think the I feel like the movies have uh, have somehow taken a toll on the two of us. Oh, uh, absolutely. So second- so second question here, um, we here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Uh, for instance, giraffes have long necks, rhinos have the big horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that man, as an animal, their uh, evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So with that being said, Joey V, if you could fight any animal... What would it be, and what weapon would you use? If I could fight any animal. Well, I'm not that big. I'm not that strong. So I would probably have to use, like, a baseball bat or something like that. Maybe, like, a a board with a nail in it. (laughs) And uh, I would want to, like, take down something that, like... After, like, if I, you know, I would, I would have a shot at defeating because okay. I would need to, like, you know, eat it for, for, you know, for sustenance. So I'm going to say I would have to take down the mighty Ardvark. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Also, because I, I think, I think the Ardvark, I, I think, I, I think I would have a fighting chance against an Ardvark. <laughs> you got, you got a chance. You got a shot. Uh, kudos to you for going with baseball bat or board with a nail in it. I was go, I was betting for sure. You were going to take down the Aardvark with a flaming G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. So I'm very <laughs> impressed that you went with the board with the nail. Um, so, Joey, uh, our final segment here, uh, lovingly taken from uh, Brian Cage, uh, is now the time to get your shit in. I'm going to uh, start by saying that uh, Action Smacked merchandise and things along those lines will be making a return as soon as uh, Fully Gimmicked comes back from sabbatical, so you'll be able to get your Joey V merch uh, once again there. However, where can people find you on Roku? Um, what, where can they find Action Smack, Dr. V, the whole nine yards? Tell the people where they can see you. Well, you can you can check out Action Smacked on uh, Saturdays at 8 p.m. on B-Movie TV, which is a free channel on your Roku, only available on Roku. We also have uh, older episodes, classic episodes, on Thursdays at 10 p.m. 
uh, Dr. V episodes run on uh, Thursdays and Saturdays in the uh, in the filler between movies on the channel. Mm-hmm. And Joey V presents show up on Saturdays at 8 p.m. as well, but uh, intermittently they're they're uh, they're special episodes. So when they come out, you, you should check them out because that's uh, that's like you know a once every once a month, once every two months you'll you'll see a special episode like that. And uh, what is your Twitter handle so people can follow you on social media? Oh, you can find me at Action Smacked on Twitter. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook if you just look up Action Smacked. Excellent. And and, uh, for Dr. V, I guess I should mention uh, 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 at Dr. V is is, uh, Katie's Twitter handle. And uh, Dr. V's uh, B-Movie Snack Experiments on Facebook. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, Joey, thank you so much for coming on to the IndieCast and dealing with my ridiculous questions and lack of geographical knowledge. Uh, an absolute pleasure. And to anybody listening at home or at the office, I cannot recommend to you uh, Joey's projects enough. He is really coming into his own as a uh, filmmaker and as a host, as well as Dr. V, doing fantastic work. And uh, one of my goals for 2019 is to work with them on more projects. I really want there to be more cross-contamination here. Uh, between our, our two worlds and and hopefully uh you know if we can get back on track with punk pro i'm hoping to see joey v back down here and maybe we'll uh we'll film something together in person who knows i'm putting a lot of pressure on this now but in oh, any no, case, no, no. I'm, I, listen man i am i am up for this i am i am still uh as i, I i'm i'm i still have the the want to do this for many many more years uh, i don't Excellent. see myself giving this up anytime soon Excellent. And anytime you're feeling burnt out, we'll do the the uh, the weird marathon run through Epcot and uh, and have very expensive margaritas in Mexico. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> for everybody here at IndieCast, I've been your Barbara Walters for this episode, Zach Romero. Thank you so much for listening to IndieCast. Be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, subscribe to us on anywhere you're getting your podcasts. Of course, check out Team Hammerfist. They just dropped their new episode. Uh, and until next time, everybody, deuces. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Oh, God, you're...
just shoved it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you What's fucker. The- Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners good. professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.